This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, it's a new year and it's time for a new you. For many Denverites, thinking about their health or the health of the planet, that means trying to eat less meat. So today I've got a couple of people like me who've been eating less or no meat for decades to talk about how this community has grown and share some recommendations even the most carnivorous will love. Brooke Garcia is a friend of the show, an OG Denver vegetarian, and Michael Olivas is the longtime general manager and now owner of the 100% plant-based native foods in Glendale. Today is Thursday, January 18th. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Michael Olivas and Brooke Garcia, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, Michael, I want to start with uh, you and and where we're sitting right now, which is the Native Foods Restaurant in Glendale, um, which up until recently was part of this big national chain, but is now owned by you. Um, so, So I want to know what about Denver and your customers made you so confident that you wanted to buy this place from your former employer? Well, I've been with the company for nine years, so I was able to create relationships with the guests and my employees and create a following, especially being a, uh, a fixture into the vegan community where we have donated and done a lot of fundraisers. So it is, uh, I felt confident because of the community that has stepped up and helped me continue. So you feel a lot of support here from the local like vegan, vegetarian community? Correct. Yes. Tell me about how that's changed over the years since, you know, 2014 when it opened. Right? It was a national chain. So it, it blew up with many locations because of the vegan and the vegetarian uh, diet was becoming mainstream. And then, of course, after that, the pandemic kind of changed everything. So we're just trying to get back to that. And then right now, um, I think people are, you know, venturing out a lot more and figuring out that, hey, hey, you know, there's more Netflix documentaries coming out, like the, the twin one. Everybody's loving that right now. So we're getting a huge mainstream um, about veganism, vegetarianism again. I've tested many diets over the years looking for the healthiest ones. A major challenge in nutrition studies is everyone is unique and responds differently to the same food. So what if we got people who are genetically the same? Just like us. <laughs> So, so Brooke, I, I wanted you to be a part of this conversation, one, because it was kind of your idea, but two, because when we were talking, um, you were you were telling me about like what this community used to be like, like 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I am uh, born and raised in Denver and lived in Cap Hill for over 20 years and um, just really enmeshed in the Denver community, but also the vegetarian and vegan community. I've been a vegetarian going on over 20 years now, and I was vegan for over five and some and some bit of that. I used to be at the Auraria campus as part of the Auraria, um, basically like the PETA group. And so I, that was kind of when I was really mm. dove into vegan life and uh, 
consumed a lot of documentaries and, you know, met Gene Bauer and all sorts of things that are really big in the vegan community. And But what about Denver, though? Like, oh, what I, about when, Denver? when we talk about Cap yeah. Hill, I'm thinking about Cityo City, yeah. Watercourse Foods. Like, have those, were those always the staples? Uh, yeah, Watercourse definitely was. So I live only a couple blocks from what is now Cityo City, but it used to be Watercourse. And I went there right away, especially as a young vegetarian. And, um, I watched that restaurant change and change over the decades that, you know, even just from the expansion, when you first went in years and years ago, it was like a diner. There were all sorts of, um, booths and it was like sandwich and like blue sky sodas and just like huh. such early two thousands, um, vegetarian life. And, uh, <laughs> I think that they opened in the mid nineties and definitely were like the first vegetarian restaurant in Denver. And from what I can kind of know about just veggie history, that that was pretty, pretty novel even at the time. So Denver was an early adopter to vegetarian kind of lifestyle and culture. Hmm. Michael, were you around Denver at that time? I came out 20 years ago, but I was vegetarian. So yeah. watercourse was a staple for me as well. And yeah. then as soon as City to City opened up, but I also did a lot of food trucks like Vegan Van was there before, uh, Migration Taco. There's a lot of, you know, vegan vegetarian history that, you know, didn't make it through the deck, uh, through the years. Tell so, me about it. Who are, who are the, some of the important people? Who are the, what were the turning points, you know, here locally for this community? So, uh, watercourse was the beginning that I saw that I went to. And then a lot of the food trucks was vegan van, which was, it, it changed donors. So a uh, vegan van was the second vegan option that was completely all vegan. Mm -hmm. And then things followed up. It was a uh, migration taco. Then it was the, the Yeti burger one. And then, um, after that, Native Foods opened 14 years ago. So and that's when I think Denver got his first chain vegan restaurant. Mm. So that's the first time that I ever ate at a full vegan chain restaurant, you know? So I was like, okay. I was like, wow. And, that's we, and then six months later, I applied and I got the job. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember Vegan Van being honorary campus yeah. over 10 years ago as some of its like first places to be. And uh, I was definitely loving that because as a vegan on rare campus, there were very little options. So, right. uh, vegan man was a favorite and I've followed them and watched kind of their ups and downs as well. Um, they went from different vans and struggles with their vans to having more of a brick and mortar and being in marketplaces and being at events. So vegan van has definitely been a staple, uh, for a while. Um, there's all sorts of other vegetarian restaurants as well, like root down and the, um, counter, or I'm sorry, is it counter beat, uh, or corner, corner beat. beat? Sorry. Why did I just draw a blank? Um, corner beat, um, has always been kind of a, a place to be. Mm. And then I think what we're seeing now has really just like blown up with the commercialization of, uh, products. Like now you can go to a normal burger joint and get your impossible burger, which is for me lovely that I can just eat in so many more places. But yeah, I think back in those eras, it was just, there were a few or like Nooch is closed. That was the vegan grocery market that really, oh, down on South Broadway. yeah, they were mm. like pop-up style for a while. So they would be at like veg fest, um, or things like that in early, um, generations. And then just kind of took off from there. And then now aren't there anymore, but um, there's been a lot of those businesses come and go. Hmm. 
Hmm. Um, we should talk about this plant-based protein thing. Cause you, you mentioned the, yeah. the, the beyond burgers, the impossible burgers. That was kind of a big deal for yeah. our community. Cause it was like a second option at yeah. the menu. You yeah. know, there was the burger place. They'd have their, their black bean burger, the one that the, you know, the token black bean burger. And then now they have the second one and that's very exciting. Right. Yeah. Um, do you, I, I feel like sales though, every time I read about it, they say sales are slumping. It seems like it was a bit of a fad. Michael, how do you feel about that? I just believe because uh, it is processed, you know, and people are trying to get to more whole foods because whole foods is a lot, you know, uh, healthier. Mm. For me, I'm, I'm a meat and potatoes vegan, so I need my beyond. I need my meat with my veggies. So mm. I... Uh, That's interesting. I never heard anyone say that before. Right? Yeah. So I, I just can't have my full bowl of veggies without some sort of like vegan chicken or or um, or any other staple right there. But I, I still go full veggies sometimes like with mushrooms just to make it more heartier. Mm-hmm. But I just can't do all broccoli. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm very similar and I have uh, tried almost everything out there. When something new comes out, I try it again. And then I've seen things that are favorites of mine that have gone away. Like Gardein is like a total favorite of mine and I'm watching it like there. It's really hard to find right now. So um, it, I think it is interesting. It's almost like the market was like saturated and now groceries are picking and choosing what they're carrying. Um, cause Gardein had like such a huge collection. I mean, they even have like fish filet. So I've seen an evolution of that. I'm also like Michael, I will eat all the alternative meat. <laughs> I will consume it. But I do think that there is some validity to just folks not wanting that extra processed foods. But I will also say, I, I know people in my family who are not vegetarian and are into it and are kind of enjoying it as a one-off. Like my mom has said that she likes to eat the impossible burgers at burger joints and things. Mm. So, um, I don't have the data, but uh, anecdotally, it seems like there's still some popularity with it. I believe so too. It's just, I, and I also feel that it's because these are, uh, items that are more expensive than things that are subsidized like meat, actual meat and actual chicken mm. that's sort of served for, for price. So I believe that's another th- uh, thing that's tearing away from consumers mm. as well. So that's where Denver's been when it comes to vegan and vegetarian eats. After this short break, we've got some recommendations for where you might go to find your favorite new meat-free something. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Okay, well, let's let's talk about some recommendations here. You know, it's January. I think there's a lot of people out there who are trying to eat less meat. Um, maybe they're not ready to go full vegan or vegetarian, but just eat less. So uh, so uh, we've broken this down into two categories. Uh, we're going to start with um, uh, a recommendation of a place that is specifically for vegan and vegetarian diets. So these are the places like Native Foods that brand themselves as like plant-based or, or a vegetarian exclusively. Um, Michael, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, my go-to is the Vegan Van. They've been a staple here in Denver for a while, and they helped me survive moving up here for great, awesome food. Because I look for things that I haven't had yet, you know, mm. things that I really want, but, you know, that I can recreate myself. So it helped me explore that, hey, vegan food is actually delicious. Their fare is more Taco Bell inspired. One of my favorite things is the Chalupa. Mm. Like, have you had a vegan chalupa? Probably not. No. And it's amazing. So, and then right now they do have a new uh, storefront in, at Assembly in Denver. And it's also a vegan market as well. So you can get all your vegan cheeses, vegan milks, and then go get your vegan pizza, get your vegan chalupa. They have a vegan crunch wrap. So they're, and then they also make their own seitan. Their seitan wings with different sauces are amazing. So it's just, there's a lot of things that who makes their own seitan at home. That's why I say survive because um, you get tired of the same bland things if you make things at home all the time yeah. without the creativity and they help you, you know, make sure that, hey, this, that vegan food is delicious and it can be made into anything that you're, you know, what yeah. you want. So I did try to make seitan at home once. It's it stinks. It stinks like <laughs> hell. Oh my God. I did not expect the smell. People don't warn you about it. Right. But oof. Right. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, Brooke, how about you? What's your recommendation for a place that is specifically for vegan and vegetarian diets? Oh boy. Um, so I, I struggle with this one. I'm just going to go out and be controversial and do the hot take. Please. And I'm going to say City O City. I, the class. I'm a little beholden to City O City. I live very close to it. I do a lot of takeout. So that gets me away from some of the complaints about service. Um, mm -hmm. There are things on their menu that they have kept. And I'm so grateful for it that Barbecue Mac Bowl, I will never abandon it. Um, so I, I'm a little beholden to it. And I think that there are some bits of City O City. I mean, I've seen a lot of growing pains with it, especially with the change of ownership in recent years. I was there not too long ago and noticed that they changed their service charge again. I mean, all the oh, things really? that we again? can. Uh, yeah, it's down to, I Boy, think it's 7% keep... and it's for back of house now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, they, uh, I don't know. They're going back and forth. But, you know, and I also, I will. I'm mourning over Make Believe Bakery and whatever happened mm -hmm. there. The cake bar's there, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not loving it as much as Make Believe. But right. yeah, so City O City, I think, is going to be my pick, even though I think it's a hot take. And I think some people will disagree and, and complain about it. But that's, that's going to sure be my will. pick. My yeah. gosh. Anytime yeah. that place comes up online, people are like it's, angry. It's polarizing. Or yeah. they love it. Yeah. Um, personally, I love it. Yeah. I always have. That was the first restaurant where I went to in Denver where I thought, oh, this... I could, I could get along here. You yeah. know, this, this works for me. Yeah. And I kind of like the disaffected service. <laughs> I don't know if they like instill that in their servers, but it makes me feel like, I don't know. It's kind of like a, a scene. I, so I, there's a funny memory that I'll quickly share, but I used to work at History Colorado mm -hmm. and of course it's extra close to History Colorado. So I would go there for lunch a lot. And if my colleagues would say to me, oh, you get better service because you fit in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dear. I hope that's not true. Yeah. Um, I was there just a little over a week ago, and I had a, a great server um, that was actually the bartender, uh, and he was great. Um, so I, it's hit and miss. I have had the bad service, too, so I'm, I'm not immune to it. Um, but 
you know, I'm, I'm still going to give him some props. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, are you a big City of City person? I, I do. I, I do like City of City. So a lot better than Watercourse because of service. Mm. It just feels more of the hipster vibe there. And that, uh, totally. and that, um, and that fits where their location's at. So you have all these young, you know, young professionals around that area who actually walk to there and that, and that fits that persona there. That's why they're always so busy. And then you go down to Cap Hill where Watercourse is at and it's totally a different vibe. Hmm. So, and I just feel, but also the different vibe is their service there, right. <laughs> you know? So right. I just feel that young millennials don't care about service as much as people who actually go for actual sit down dinner to pay for a lot more food, so. Interesting. Well, my pick in this category is the Madras Cafe, um, which is uh, an Indian place way out in southeast uh, Denver past the Cherry Creek Reservoir. It's actually in Aurora, although it's kind of in the borderlands. Um, but, you know, it's an Indian place, so a lot of Indian restaurants are going to be vegetarian anyway. But this place does specifically call themselves um, a vegetarian cafe. And uh, I looked this up, why they do that. And owner Zach Kahn told 5280 Magazine a few years ago that while the menu is all vegetarian, the vegetables are prepared in ways that are, quote, more edible and tasty than salad. So I, I, I think he was like, he was thinking about like who his clientele was going to be, who he was targeting. And I, it, he, it's interesting to me, but um, we, we know like the, sometimes the way to, to find a great option is to go, uh, you know, go outside restaurants that are, you know, owned by and like serving food for white people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, yeah. I was, I was thinking about that in coming to this um just all the ethnic cuisines and there are definitely, it gets a little tricky with Southeast Asian stuff. Um, at face value, it seems vegetarian. You gotta be a little careful. So if you are super picky or you have some allergies, fish slash, you know, shrimp paste, things like that, but there's a lot of tofu and all those, uh, Asian cuisines and, there's a lot out there, I think. A mm -hmm. um, couple of standouts from the Madras Cafe menu. They've got a spicy okra dish I love, Navratan korma, which is like nuts, paneer cheese, and uh, tomato cream sauce. Love that dish. Alu tiki chaat, which is these potato patties topped with chickpeas. Um, delicious. I really love this restaurant. If you've never been there, if you're looking for a new Indian place to try the Madras Cafe, that's my rec. Um, but that brings us to our next category, uh, which I'm calling uh, the best place with options for you and your grumpy uncle. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so these are, this is a place where it's like, it's not a re really a vegan place or a vegetarian place, but they've got good stuff for us. So uh, Michael, how about we start with you again? Um, my favorite is the, uh, it's Sputniks. Sputniks on South Broadway. On South Broadway, yeah. So a little dive bar. Sure. On the wall, little cool vibe. Hit a place your grandpa uncle can drink and mm -hmm. let loose. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. but one of my favorite things there is the Cubano. I've never had a better cub a vegan Cubano before, and that's where, where my go-to is. How do they that. do it? It's jackfruit, and they jackfruit. have a, yeah. So it's jackfruit, vegan ham, vegan cheese, you know, and they toast it perfectly. So, and also mm. they have a, uh, vegan sauces there, which are amazing for dipping your fries, like their habanero jam and their vegan ranch. Super, super delicious. Nice. So they also have vegan corn dogs as well, which, you know. I mean. You can't, you know, you, you can't go wrong with a vegan corn dog, so. <laughs> jackfruit, that was a huge revelation. Yeah. When oh, I first yeah. had jackfruit, they've got a great jackfruit at that Pit Fiend barbecue place in Rhino. Have you all ever tried that? No. Very nice, very nice. If you ever happen to be there or if someone drags you there for barbecue, they've got a good vegetarian option. Right. I'm not sure if it's vegan. I'm not actually, I don't know how they do it. Um, <laughs> Brooke, how about you? 
Um, since we already talked about some ethnic cuisines, I will take that off my plate and I will go the breakfast route. So I think breakfast is a great way for vegetarians to, uh, not so great on vegans, but great for vegetarians, um, to get whatever they need and whoever's with you, if they want their bacon or whatever, they want their, so I'm going to go with jelly. Mm. Um, I'm a big jelly fan and Cap Hill was my first date with my now husband and jelly is special, Aww. special little place for me. I love jelly. So what do you order in a jelly? Oh gosh. I love their, um, eggs Benedict. Um, they have a veggie one. I also love their like scrambles. Um, they've mm -hmm. got like their boulder. Um, there's like a, I can't remember if it's the Boulder one or another one, but they have one that comes with a lot of cheese and a bacon, and I asked them to hold the bacon, and it's great. Um, they also have a breakfast burrito that comes with a meat alternative. So there's lots of options that even if you want a little meat, but it want it to be vegetarian meat, it's there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That, you, jelly, that's a crowd pleaser. Do they yeah. still do the donut holes? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a great dish. Yeah. Yeah. Signature. All right. My pick in this category, this is my favorite restaurant in this city. I'm, I'm saying it. I, I haven't gone that far before. I have talked about this place before, um, but I'm saying it's my favorite. La Diabla. Pozole y mezcal. Um, they have a vegan pozole on their menu. You can plus it up if you want with a poached egg, um, but you don't have to, and it's just delicious. And they got all these homemade salsas. So like, again, Mexican food, like lots of options for us. Um, but for meat eaters, you know, that's an extensive menu. You, you can have all, you know, the regular type of pozole. My wife loves their pig's head pozole. Um, but uh, yeah, James Beard, recognized chef, Jose Avila. He's a rock star. He's doing stuff no one else is doing. I just can't say enough good things about him. <sighs> well, here we are. Yeah. Michael, I think you have to give us a little uh, a little update on, on native foods, like what people can expect, you know? Uh, so we are keeping the menu mm -hmm. as much as I can, but also bringing in better products in. We are now making our own seitan and then making our own desserts as well. Like our oatmeal cream pies have been a staple with the company for years and years and years. So I've created my own recipe now made with coconut sugar. So it's a little uh. bit chew chewier, crunchier, and uh, getting great reviews on there, especially with us and also our new dessert, which is a strawberry parfait. I am an inspiring vegan chef. So this, this is an avenue for me to create great vegan dishes to add to the Native Foods Fair, which people know and love with our loyal, loyal guests that have been coming over. This brand's been here for about 30 years, so. But it's now uh, all employee it's owned. It's now employee owned. I took over in the end of, uh, the beginning of December, and still trying to get systems back in place, but once I get that down, I will be able to create and show what great vegan food is. Well, Michael, wish you a lot of luck with this new venture. I think it's really exciting that you've taken over here. And uh, Brooke, Michael, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, Thank thanks. you so much. We wanna hear from you too. Did we miss out on a great meat-free dish or restaurant that you love? The people need to know, a.k.a. me. I need to know. Dedicated listeners know I'm more of a reducitarian now, but I still want to know, where's the good stuff at? Call in the No Smugness Meat-Free Hotline at 720-500-5418. Again, that's 720-500-5418. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell animal activist Gene Bauer about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. I got to tell this story because... I somehow failed to do so, but 
me and Bree and, and the rest of the team, we went to Sidio City for a, a lunch, like, I don't know, a year or two ago. And uh, our server came over and said, oh, yeah, are you guys CityCast Denver? Oh, yeah, I listen to you every day. But didn't seem to care at all. It was so weird. <laughs>